Raisin Man Arena. And we're live in three, two. <gasps> Welcome to Raisin Man Arena. Good morning. Hello, everybody. Man, even though I this never happens for some reason, just now I thought we were going to hear the intro music, and then we would know. Oh, remember when we... Remember when we used do the intro music? That was actually the most stressful part of setting everything up, and it's <laughs> nice that we don't do it anymore. Okay, cool. I still still think you need a couple I more things to set up. <laughs> <laughs> you become quite quite <laughs> placid in yeah. your place yeah. and <laughs> your setup. <laughs> yeah, I would just every weird. time during the old hmm, my microphone is a little buzzy for some reason during the old Raisin Man Arena before we did it in the mornings when we did it on Sundays, I would put together. Like a, what would you call it? An opening intro. I would pick a song. <gasps> That's right. And I'd find a video on like YouTube. A crazy YouTube video. And then I'd play them together, and that was the intro to Raisin Man. Yeah. yeah. I guess I could still do that, but it was a lot of work. And once you did one, it was like a, a fetish video about um men getting s- wanting to get stepped on by giant. I and remember this. And then you felt bad about it because you were like, oh, I'm shaming. I'm being shamey. Did I really? Yeah, you huh. were worried about it afterwards. Oh, I cut my leg getting out of the Uber. Jesus Christ, I've got a, lot, a little bit of blood on me. Damn, oh, no. it's a crazy morning here. Good Holy morning, shit. everybody. <laughs> Who's in the chat? <laughs> hey, uh, <clears throat> so apparently uh, fans are celebrating the weekend's birthday today. Oh, that's awesome. You, I you <laughs> got, wait, you guys want to celebrate that? Yeah, I celebrate that every time Friday rolls around. Me too. <laughs> Let's do this. Raisin Man Arena. I'm Felipe Dupoy. At Felipe Dupoy. At Faloop. I'm Sarah. Uh, I'm Satan Wilson online. It's either a dot or an underscore between Satan and Wilson. I always forget. I'm Sam Lanier on Instagram. And I'm Samuel underscore Lanier on Twitter. And my real name is Samuel Elias Lanier. Uh. And it's Wednesday, uh, February 16th. But who's counting? Who's counting? And uh, numbers, the COVID numbers are so low. Has, have you ever heard anyone? Have you ever heard anyone? Have you heard anyone talk about COVID recently? No. No. Right? No. It's gone from everybody's memory. It's gone. It's over. And yeah. if you, and. And they forgot about it. And I thought, huh, no one's talking about COVID at all. I looked up New York COVID numbers. Obviously, they're low. But did you realize that this past, like, peak was, like, the highest peak ever in New York of new cases? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) When you look at the graph. Sarah doesn't even know what that means. When you look at the graph. (laughs) He's forgotten. I don't know. I don't know. It's way higher than any other peak. And we finally got the... Uh, herd, herd immunity. immunity. <laughs> we did. Well, and the herd forgets. The mm-hmm. memory of the herd is short. Yeah. The herd runs on mm-hmm. to a new challenge. We have to ford a river or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last time I heard about it was a couple of weeks ago when we they said that the the number of deaths from COVID is has a is almost reached a million. I think. And so have we a reached nice a million? Round yet? number. I know it would be nice to get to a nice round number. Yeah. And we could just call it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, once call you it a day. Yeah. Well, once it hits a million, it stops. Oh, okay. yeah, it has to, because it's scared. Yeah. What if we could have scared COVID somehow? We could have gotten it in its mind. Huh. Uh-huh. We're firing on all cylinders today. 
<laughs> Folks, I'm tired. I almost didn't come to the podcast today, so, you know, be patient. <laughs> and then I found out my leg is bleeding. <laughs> How much I is it bleeding? A l- just a little bit, Can but it, I'm a little stressed out about it. I th- wiped the blood off of it. I think. Oh, it's not too bad. It's not too bad, but I cut it on metal. Am I going to get no. something wrong? Gonna happen. Is it an uber metal? It was uber metal. Cleanest metal in the world. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could cut yourself on that every day, and, and, and you'd be healthier for it. Healthier. Do you have your tetanus shots? I, since not since I was like 15 or something. Like When's the last time you yeah. got them? Do you have to I re-up? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I'm freaking out over here. You guys are trying to get me to talk about I've literally never. I've literally never heard of anyone getting tetanus. You ever hang out with a buddy and he's like, I am have tetanus? <laughs> Felipe is firing on all of try- I'm carrying it on, on the back. back. He's like, what if we could scare Omicron? <laughs> what if we could scare Omicron? And I'm just like, in my head, I'm going blank. Because I'm like, where does... Where should I go with this? What, <laughs> <laughs> what would it look like if yeah. Omicron were scared? Yeah. Should I want Anywhere. that? No, I only care about myself. Imagine the virus <laughs> and it has eyes and they are bugged out. They're scared. And now imagine a friend coming up to you and saying, I have tetanus. You go, what the fuck are you talking about? Nobody has tetanus. Nobody has that. <laughs> no, how are you as a man gonna have how are tetanus? You? <laughs> <laughs> if your boyfriend has tetanus, that's not your boyfriend. Yeah, that's your that. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, the pandemic's been so long that we've uh, lived through two Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh uh, my releases. god! Uh, <laughs> and this next one's looking better than ever. Cut Knuckles is coming in, voiced by Idris Elba. Really? And Doctor Eggman's. A huge egg spaceship is coming into it. Fans were speculating all about it because it was on the trailer. Idris Elba, he, he'll be like this. He'll yeah. talk like this. <laughs> He's from Britain. Yeah, that's right. You wouldn't expect maybe. He should be the. He should be his character from The Wire, but but. He What's his vo- name? He has a French name, or is that a different character? Yeah, I forget what his name is. Monsieur. <laughs> Monsieur. Monsieur. <laughs> Mr. <Hugh> Teapot. Poirot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brother, brother something? Or is that a different character? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Damn. it sounds if you like. Know up, you're yeah. shooting from the hip, and it's awesome. Shooting from the hip. His name is Brother... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stringer <laughs> Bell. <laughs> is it Stringer Bell? That's what Charles is saying. Stringer Bell, yeah. Stringer. Carly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Carly's in the chat. She's like, someone needs to say a bit that you can post on Twitter. I was about to say, this is why we're doing this, all this bit stuff. We finally c- realized that that's the way to have a p- funny podcast that people like. Because Sam did a funny bit last week where yeah. he pretended to be John Wilson doing an episode about how to get a little pussy. And people really responded that's to it. That's a classic internet People bit. really yeah. responded to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. The person that I've been seeing showed it to his parents. <laughs> <laughs> No, no and joke. What did he say? No he said, joke. This is the. He said this guy is on a podcast that my the person I'm dating also. He hosts. said he didn't say even that I he was dating me. He just said these <laughs> are some people wrong. that I know. Yeah, listen wow. to this. And wow. that's how funny it was. That's like how it? far it was, and they thought it was funny. <laughs> and they thought it was very that's funny. Great. They're like, "Whoa, you know these? People? <laughs> Whoa." <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, f- for for how long have we been doing this? A year and a half. We've been just seventy-five episodes. We've been just trudging through a thick swamp of talking about feelings and real ideas. things that we felt. Ideas, Insights. searching, searching for an insight, searching for something, something. infinite, right? Infinite, searching for something yes. infinite. That's right. And <coughs> we finally discovered all you have to do is imagine a character s- saying the word "pussy." 
and that gets people. Do you not yeah. feel? Do you we not feel dumb for not knowing that? For not having tried it earlier. Yeah. I think it's fine. I, I like the insights p- portion. I like the insights section where we c- Sarah, we get to sit back and Sarah kind of cook, cooks yeah. on something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a long about. note in my phone for today. <laughs> and Wait, that's why, folks, yep. I Last night, I, I wrote a long note in my phone about what I want to talk about today. And um, I'll just show you. It's long. Um and then I woke up this morning really exhausted and I was like, all right, I'm not going to do the podcast. I'm just going to stay home and go back to sleep. But I was like, nope, I got to. You got to do, do it. It's topics. your job. It's, <laughs> it's your job. job. It's my job. And I love to do I it. I thought folks. you said you didn't have any topics. No, no, that's him. That's him. Come on. <laughs> you don't even know who, which of us is which. I'm oh the pussy God. corner he over here. Yeah, you guys mention corner. topics and I'll find a way to forward pussy yeah. into <laughs> it. Yeah. <sighs> no, I don't. I don't think it was funny when we posted that. I thought, you know, people liked it. Not even that many people, but they, you know. And then yeah. I thought I would post right underneath, like, "Hey," because I posted the podcast right underneath, and I was going to be like, "The rest of the podcast is not like this." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't come to it for this. If you click on the podcast, you're not going to hear more stuff like yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I don't even <laughs> like seeing Aww. the word "pussy." I think I I get a little embarrassed. You know, it's yeah. interesting. On that self same episode, we were talking about how you don't like the word "pussy." Yeah. Really. <laughs> so huh. it's all contained within the universe. Perfect. Just that yeah. one episode. Perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My mom said sent me another thing like two days ago, and it was like a th- that that Ezra Klein podcast, and it was about how to how you it's not your fault that you can't focus right now. And she was like, you guys should listen to listen, talk about it on Raisin Man. And I, I, I thought I can't bring another, <laughs> another <laughs> how to improve your life yeah. style yeah. <laughs> info thing to yeah. this podcast. Last week, if you didn't hear last week's episode, Sam sent us like a thing about how to optimize. You have 4,000 weeks to live. Here's how you optimize. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, really wigged me and Felipe out. <laughs> 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 From se- 10 seconds into the video. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the video was like, here, you got 4,000 thousand weeks to live but it's okay it's okay imagine each week as a jar you can fill the jar yeah and relax (laughs) relax 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 (laughs) yeah yeah because if you panic then the jars keep going by on the (laughs) conveyor belt and there's no time to fill them (laughs) i I see you see you got to get like me i've been thinking about death for a year and a half right every time i go to sleep and now i'm like on the other side and i'm Oh my god! I'm blissed out, you know, and I oh. accept my fate. Yeah, that's what's happened to you. You're on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so what is this note? I'm like a character in Van Helsing that's like not scared of the vampires or the zombies anymore. You know, I'm like one of those stone cold Estonian guys. You're like, um, you're like in Pirates of the Caribbean when the the pirate goes, "You best start believing in ghost stories yeah. <laughs> because you're in one." That's right. Because my dad committed yeah. suicide <laughs> and my stepdad yeah. died. That's what you're saying yeah. to me and Will. Yeah. You best start believing in ghost stories. You're in one. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like turning to your mom right after their <laughs> husband is died, <laughs> doing that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I gotta drink a little bit more coffee yeah, and really launch please. into this note that I have prepared. But I'll say it's a classic situation where it's something that Sam doesn't like, where 
me and Felipe convened, and we have both consumed a piece of media that I think that you haven't. What did we consume? I listened to that Ion Pack episode. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, that's great. I was like, Sarah's huh. not going to listen well, to this. Well, checkmate, because Felipe doesn't like talking about the Ion <laughs> Pack, so. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about it, whatever. That's true. I'm a new man. <laughs> I've also been thinking a lot about death, and I'm thinking we now talk about the Ion we got uh, we only got four thousand weeks. Why not use them to talk about the ion pack? <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Man, I'm trying to remember what happened when the last time we tried to talk about the ion pack. <laughs> I think we like edited it out of the episode. I think we like <laughs> Felipe's we quit. We quit that show. We stopped doing the podcast. <laughs> we stopped doing the podcast. Because uh, it was yeah, too cataclysmic. <laughs> I think we were stronger now and I think we're ready to talk about the ion pack. <laughs> Which is, uh, what do they describe themselves as? A, a, uh, they started as a troll of the film world. <laughs> oh, my podcast. goodness. Yeah. yeah. The downtown film world. Oh, my God. And I listened to an, the episode called Land Acknowledgement. Because Felipe told me that it was about how Brooklyn is dead and nothing interesting happens here anymore. And I was like, all right. Uh, and he offered to send me his password so I could listen. But I, then I realized that I actually subscribed to the Ion Pack. Do you ever <laughs> listen to them? Really? I never listened to them. But I pay them $5 a month. <laughs> when wow. did you subscribe? What? When and why did you subscribe? I went to listen to the Kaveh episode. Uh, and, and did you I think it was a good it. episode? Um, you didn't even listen to it? I barely listened to it. Uh-uh. I was like, listen... I, well, I'll say this before I get into talking about the Iron Pack. Is it, do I run any risks by talking about them? No. <laughs> I guess to be transparent, sometimes in the past I haven't liked talking about other podcasts because sure, I sure. thought it was cringe, but I don't care. Sure, I, sure. I right now don't care. There's no like... I don't know. There's no risk. It's not like we're going <laughs> to step on anyone's toes. We're not, you know. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about this last night as I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, maybe we'll talk about the ion. Oh! Oh, no! Oh, and I it was on your cut? Oh, she got yeah. coffee was in her pussy. Was it on your cut? <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Okay. There's hella coffee on the couch now. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Well, we can cut this out. Unless unless I say something really funny. Um, uh I'm Sarah, and I have coffee in my pussy. Uh, isn't that <laughs> yes! Right? Yes! yes! <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Brendan Wardell's going to like it again. <laughs> That's right. Uh, um, yeah, spread it out. Yeah, the Spread perfect, it out as much as you can. The perfect, <laughs> <laughs> the perfect world, the perfect podcast is like a kind of platonic universe where no other podcasts exist in your... You're sort of the one that's ever thought of. (laughs) I just, I guess, I guess maybe to 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 deepen on it, it's like you don't want to become, and I think it's fine because I do want to talk about this because I have been thinking about it, but you don't want to um, become like a recap of other podcasts, right? Yeah. Um, Because that would be like that would be worse than being like you know a podcast that recaps episodes of a TV show or something. It's like a podcast that recaps other podcast (laughs) ideas. I was thinking about that because I was like, this is literally I was about to say before I spilled the coffee that. I unpack is like, oh, this insider guide to sort of the downtown film world and how these things are talked about and thought about and what goes on in New York. And then if our podcast is talking about what I unpack is, then we're like an inside guide to <laughs> the podcast <laughs> <laughs> of New York. Yeah. And that's too psychotic. Some people need that. Yeah, some, some people, people need that. that. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then hopefully there will be a, a level blowing on that where someone is explaining what Raisin Man is <laughs> and how that pertains yeah. to what goes on. Yeah. Yeah. That's too crazy. Well, the market will decide what products are needed and what products rise to the top, you know? It's true, and... Oh, man, Sarah's covered in coffee. She is covered in coffee. I mean, she is doused. Yeah, and, and I mean, 
People do like television recap <laughs> podcasts. It's crazy. Yeah. People listen to people talk about other shows. That is, yeah. I don't see why it's so bad. I like having a good, like, a, a best friend who who's smart, and then they tell you about everything you need to know about what's going on. Is that me? That's you, Felipe. Mm-hmm. For, for me, that's you. So I don't mind a little recap here and there. Um, well, I guess we're waiting for Sarah to... Be, no, no, you can take your time. Oh, nice. And the pants look good. Whoa, yeah. nice. Okay. Silver linings. <laughs> now you got pants that look good. Are those Will's? These are Will's pants. Damn, they fit changed. you. They have a nice... Uh, nice loose fit. Nice loose yeah. fit, yeah. Skater fit. Okay, so the Ion Pack. All right, Spina's a little late because three times in a row my alarm went off and I snoozed it, but dreamt I'd woken up and was listening to Raisin Man. Damn. I hear that a lot. What were we saying in the dream, Raisin Man? Maybe we can pivot and talk about that. Talking backwards. Uh, someone said that's what happens when you talk about the Ion Pack. I know. That was uh, my sign to just... I know, <laughs> I know. You know, hang a right, avoid it. You don't have to talk about this. I wrote the note on my phone. I can publish the note. I don't need to... Uh, I had a, like a profound experience listening to it. No way! I, I literally it. thought I Sarah's it. not going to give two shits I about this because often I tell you shit and then I don't and get I a text back. And I'm like, Sarah does <laughs> not care one I little loved bit. It. Well, I really care about the thing of like Brooklyn. Like, what's the deal with this as a place to like make art in? Well, so to think that there are people talking about it seriously in any way, I was well, like. Also, okay. to be clear, they say two words about Brooklyn. The whole episode is really they're recapping the this movie, Meet Me in the Bathroom which is about early 2000s New York and the strokes. Indie and rock scene, LCD sound system. Yeah, like... Maps. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maps. This is a documentary. It's, yeah. well, so it was a book that was written a while ago, and then they just made a documentary that was in Sundance. And so they're discussing it, and they're discussing it in the context of... They're, all, they're often discussing about how like they feel like the scene therein is is like a ghost of a New York that doesn't exist anymore, and that they came in wanting... Some kind of scene, and that now there, the, even though there is a sort of scene, they have all these like reflections on it, and maybe Sarah can say more about that. But but there's a feeling of like, oh, there's it's not what it what it was, or we're like imitating a thing that was. And then at one point they're like, oh, Brooklyn sucks. Like there's nothing going there's on. There's nothing down there. here, and you should just treat it like an office yeah. where you like can come to do work with certain colleagues that are here, and then but really it would be better to live somewhere else. Yeah, it was s- disturbing episode <laughs> <laughs> first i'll say you know the ion pack is anonymous and this like blows my mind like how are they able to maintain that anonymity i mean i don't think that they're famous otherwise they're not people who like you would know about it yeah think. i guess so but they host parties and stuff and i just they just wear like, a black mask who are the ion pack on the internet and i was like the answer should pop up like you know when the google just tells you and you don't even have to click on anything it should yeah. be right there <laughs> and it didn't <laughs> it did show up i was like i don't know who they are yeah we it, even know we even know who daft punk is Yes, totally. And it's like, if you know who Daft Punk is, why wouldn't you know who I am, Pega? Totally. And we know who Elena Ferrante is. Who is it? Is it a man? Uh, it's a, no, some lady. I think she's like a postal worker or something. No or way. Like I mean, not anymore not after anymore. writing those novels. Not anymore. Yeah. And that also, she might never have been. I don't know where that's coming from. It's I'm thinking too, though, if it's like, Elena Ferrante is not her name, so what does it matter? Totally. That it's, it's a, not her? A woman who is... Uh, has a different name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had no assumptions about who that person was as right. an author. Uh, the members of Snit Slipknot, another good example from Slackus. We know who that photographer who is JR Slackus, is. Though. Who's JR? 
you know, he's like an art photographer, but he he likes to disguise himself by wearing big sunglasses. <laughs> Never heard of this <laughs> guy. Is, yeah, and I'm like, come on, smart. man, you gotta try a little harder, a little harder than, than that. that. <laughs> a little harder than that. All of you in the chat sometimes are hidden behind names where I don't know who you are, mm-hmm. and some of you we've already asked before, and then I forgot, and then I'm embarrassed to to check again. Um, Okay, so, so that's the first thing I was like, okay, these guys are really anonymous. And I was just reveling in how, like, I don't, I was a little bit drunk last night. I had, me and Brian Fitiment went to Rash. No way. Yes. Last <laughs> night? Last night. What the fuck? Um, just to do a location scout for this video that we're going to ah, shoot okay. for Eternal Family. And um, one, I see why the, the room in the back is, like, not optimized for us. Finally. To oh, my God. <laughs> we were going to do our show there. The room was too small. Sarah was like, it's I fine. I like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I hadn't seen it in, like, since before they... So you agree it. it's bad? I agree it's, like, perfect for if we were putting on a DJ yeah. rave show. Totally. It would be awesome. I'm yeah. so glad. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes me feel good <laughs> that, that you say that. Good. Um and but the bar is so beautiful jake our raisin man fan and i, and I love it there but anyway we got kind of drunk because they're giving us they had this leftover drink from a party they had just had called gush um where they made this like drink that looked like cum and uh they just had bottles and bottles of it left over and nice. so me and brian got a lot of that for free and uh we had a good time so then i got home and wait I were there people there or was it ju- just you two it was just starting up we got there like seven and the, the party was starting at like eight and so it was mostly just us okay um Anyway, then I got home. I was in a, a great mood. We had such a fun time. And I was like, all right, Raise a Man's tomorrow. My favorite morning of the week. <laughs> and I'm going to listen to the Ion Pack. Um, and I just sat down and I put my phone on my stomach. And I just listened to it laying on the couch. And I was very moved by it. And so then even the fact that they were anonymous, I was like, oh, this is so perfect that they are this. Because you have to be to say anything about anything like in this well that's what we've learned yes a horrible lesson yes. it's too learned. late yes. it's too late for yes. us we should start we should start <laughs> changing our voices yeah. like yeah, yeah yeah downing the pitch yeah, yeah. cuz they were really what's good everybody <laughs> <laughs> they were really getting to say shit but then at the same time we also know that they can't really say Whatever they want, though. No, no, no. I'm they cer- have relationships. I, they do have relationships. I don't think that they can. I think the people that are in their world know who they are, and so they probably couldn't. Yes. Uh, people like us. <laughs> That's right. Because we're in their world. We're in their world. <laughs> we're a neighboring podcast. Yeah. Cheers, um. cheers to you, I unpack, <laughs> fellow colleague. <laughs> uh, uh, it's all in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Touche on that last episode about Brooklyn. <laughs> well done. <laughs> we'll be coming out with one on the downtown scene soon. <laughs> you cheeky fuckers. Come over sometime. <coughs> oh okay, man. we got a Twitter video. Yeah, <laughs> I love Sam over in the pussy corner just yeah. turning out the, the bits that we need to get this podcast yeah. off the ground. Yeah. And I'll just keep on blah, blah, blah about what I came to say. Okay, so so go. So then the first thing that I was really feeling was like, I've always had this desire, wish that I could like see more and understand more and have more perspective. Like I want to understand all of history. And know the entire course of yes. human history in my mind. Yes. So that as I'm living my life, I can have some perspective on what yes. things mean. And we have no, yes. And we have basically no perspective. And I'm constantly just like, oh, I need to read like 10,000 more books because I just do not know enough. I cannot broaden like my view enough to really understand anything about reality or anything about my life. 
And as I was listening to them do this show, they I, I get the sense they're in their 30s. Yeah. Because they were talking about this 2001 indie rock scene being really important for them. And it's something that I think of as like predating me. Like the Strokes were already like well established by the time I was a teenager. Um, and that they moved to Brooklyn like shortly, like seven years after that's so like 2008. So I would have still been in middle school, high school. Anyway, so they're a little bit older and they had all this perspective. So much more perspective than I feel like I had. Not, mm. you know, the entire history of humanity, but somehow all of this, like, knowledge of, like, what happens in New York City and scenes and, like, the scene dying and things really not being the way that they used to be. And it was so disturbing to me. Suddenly I saw this power that I had, like, always wanted to have, to have the perspective. And I was like, oh, my God, it's terrifying. Yeah. Wow. Like, <laughs> it, like, freaked me out that I was like, they can really see it. They got the full 360 scope they on could, this. They could take up a, a, a piece of ceramic from the business Teen era, they <laughs> <laughs> like could say, yeah. "Ah, yes, I remember when uh, you know who was king during this mm-hmm. time." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Tutankhamen. They were talking about like loft parties and how those are gone. They were like, "Yeah, there's not like an insane party culture in New York anymore." And I was thinking about that because I, I guess I don't feel totally aware of like what the party culture is in New York, but I don't think I've ever been to a party that looks like season one girls warehouse loft party that they go to on the Halloween episode. I haven't If anyone either. knows what I'm talking about in the chat. I mean, I'll say that I it's hard for me to even gauge because it's like I'm also like not really that much in like a Brooklyn scene. And they do say they're like there are they were they're like nothing's going on in Brooklyn, but there are ki- they go there are kids in Bushwick doing their thing and that's cool. And I was like, I mean, you know, Dick's doing their thing and totally, there's totally, there's a scene totally, there. Totally. But I'm like I'm only like a little tiny bit aware of it and so i'm like maybe there is shit going on that i just don't know about so for me it was even hard to like get that perspective where i'm like i kind of hear what they're saying but also i don't think i'm like the most plugged in person to corroborate but i think that you're plugged in enough to something that you would know maybe yeah yeah no right like you know so many people and you're an artist who's been around i've never been to a loft party that's season one girls either yeah (laughs) me neither wait so 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 they were so they were saying it's this whole thing is over did they describe it in detail with like longing this thing that doesn't exist yeah i feel like they think that they even kind of missed it a little bit they were like yeah. by the time we moved to new york like williamsburg was already an un- uninhabitable yeah like ridiculous place um so even they think that they missed like this little moment and they were talking about how they were like the interesting thing is that all of this good music that was this indie rock revival retromania thing that is like uh epitomized by lcd sound system and the strokes and the rapture and they name a couple other bands um that that only lasted like two or three years. Wow, that's so short. Yeah, and they were like, you have to realize that sometimes, or their realization was that like the a scene can exist or like a moment in art can happen, and it's not like an era. It's like a, a year of something cool happening, something kind of coming together, something new emerging kind of randomly, and then it's over, something happening by accident, and then it on to the next thing that might be totally dis- uninteresting. Yeah, but you also can't know in, you know, you you can only sort of know in retrospect, and also right. I'm thinking, like, you could have a cool scene, but it doesn't go, you know, global. Like, I think what, the only reason that that scene is, like, remembered now is because, like, the Strokes were famous. And a lot of those bands weren't, didn't get famous, but the Strokes got, like, world famous. So I'm like, does it really... Mm-hmm. Can you be in a cool thing that you're like, that was cool? It didn't go global, but it was cool or it had a, its own impact, but, you know. Yeah, I think that's probably true. 
you you can have people like making things that's just like cool and good like right where you are but i don't necessarily feel like um that it feels as if i'm in a scene where like oh everyone's so invested in just what's happening here we have our own little renaissance that we're all like celebrating everyone seems so obsessed with like larger success and becoming a famous person and the internet that uh it seems like you need that global success to validate the thing which everyone is searching for. If we lived in a scene in a community where it felt like everyone was invested in like the here and now, then maybe that would be, you know, a meaningful measure of the success of our scene. Well, also, I mean, we've talked about this. I was talking to Alex Bliss and he was like, yeah, you know, he's like, we're, we do comedy and like comedy's not, doesn't, isn't like cool the way that music is. And I think that that's true. Yes. <laughs> they um, don't even talk about comedy. No, no, no. The word comedy does not even no, come no, up. And I thought that was they so don't, funny. And if you listen to their Sarah Sir Squirm episode, they're like, we don't know anything that's going on in comedy. Um, and uh, the two things I'll say is one, they are like, one thing that they're always sad about is they're like, oh, we're in this downtown scene, but there's too much. He's like, they're like, there's too much people who are interested in like, uh, appearance and not enough people who are making actual art. Um, mm-hmm. They're li- and yeah. they say this in this podcast, right? They're like, it, it's too much sort of Instagram socialite kind of a scene and not enough actual art making scene. Which that sh- sure that sounds. I mean, there are plenty of people there that are making stuff, but like we have the opposite thing where it's like all of our connect. There's no one interested in being cool um, in yeah. Brooklyn comedy. Number one. Um, they're just <laughs> interested in doing if that If they are thing. interested, they don't know how to do it. They don't so know, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, yeah. And <laughs> secondly, um, that I actually have felt that even in the scene, like the, the comedy scene is kind of splintered and doesn't, there's not really like a pop in one the way that, even when we moved here, and I've been saying this, like when we moved here, me and Sam, it felt like we had just missed the end of a really cool scene. There was still a scene that I thought of as like, the special the brett davis you know special without brett davis and like um i don't know the like the annoyance people like all this stuff that was really cool that had just centralized around certain people and places yeah or late mic stuff like that and then after covid that kind of splintered and there's not really anything right now there's like mics that people go to um but there's not and then, so yeah, so it feels like there's like mi- something missing. There's not really like a centralized thing. And then I was talking to Carly, who's in the chat, and she was like, there's all these young open micers in Brooklyn who are like going to Manhattan a ton and producing shows at like The Stand. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the new thing. So that's interesting. I don't know what to think about that. But even comedy is like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. They talk about going to Manhattan because that's where the Ion Pack is. No, the, st- the Ion Pack is not at the stand. <laughs> 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 okay. You know, um, now everybody's doing these bringer shows. Yeah. They said um, two other things that really like resonated with me. One was that uh, they became interested in film. They wanted to be music people, but the music scene was so dead when they got to New York. But they felt like the, the there was in the film scene, even though it was like kind of small and pathetic. That those are their, their words. Uh, there was like some kind of life there, and they were like, "All right, then let's get into that." And they had never like been film people. And this is how I feel, and it feels connected to my thing where I'm always being like, "Everyone's a little cinephile," like because I really feel like I'm not a film person. I like documentaries. But I am not a narrative film like acolyte person who's always like watching the movies, knowing the directors. Like, even to know who Cassavetes is is like, okay, let me look that up and memorize Everybody that information. Everybody loves Cassavetes like, now. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves him. 
um, that that's all sort of like an affectation a little bit for me and like uh, not a, a disingenuous one like I'm watching more movies than I ever have in my life now but it's like I sense that there is something drawing people to this filmmaking stuff that I was like alright alright what is it um, and funnily enough I had a call yesterday about producing like an indie feature um, that's like a, a way bigger budget than anything I've ever worked on and um, I didn't. I'd never taken a call like this. Anytime I've ever produced something, it's just like people that love me asking me if I'll help do their thing. And so I'm like, yes. And that's the call. Um, but this was like, so who are you? So you want to work on this? So like what? And I ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah gets and money signs ding. in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just didn't know because I'd never done a call like this. Like what kind of questions they were going to ask. It felt like I was like going in for my first job interview at like 22 or something. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, let's see. And the first question they asked was like, um, what movies would you compare the script to? Total blank. Oh no! Absolutely nothing. Uh, uh, Cassavetes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in the mood for love. Uh, love, love, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like uh. total blank. Because it's just not like. It's like nothing you read before. It's. What? It's like nothing you've ever it's read before. That's a sick before. answer. That's it's like nothing I've ever read answer. before. <laughs> yeah. It's incomparable. I took a full minute and a half pause. The lady was like, okay, well, you can think about it. You know, uh, and uh, next on to the next question. Whiffed it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Strike one. <laughs> yeah. I was like humiliated. I was like, I can't believe it. Because in retrospect, it seems like such an obvious question. Yeah. But it had not occurred to it, me. Does that. it? I don't know. Not to me. That doesn't seem obvious. Like they send you a script. They ask if you want to work on it. You're going to be a, like a creative producer. And then they, so they ask. Oh, what I, movies I would just, I would just be like, look, I'm just here to make spreadsheets and figure <laughs> out locations. Don't, I'm not one I'm of the creative minds. I'm just emotionally support the director. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's <laughs> not like friends. any movie. Cause, cause, cause um, you're looking we at. We haven't it. made it. Yeah, yeah you yeah, haven't made it. It's like new. a little piece of paper with words on it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to look like. It seems like it reminded me of a piece of paper with like. It's more of a book than anything. Yeah. What kind of homework is this? Remind you of first question. Like a Toy Story. Strike one. Second question. Who did you imagine casting in the lead role? Bro. Damn you! Yeah, I mean, I would just say it's not even that you don't have knowledge about movies; it's that you didn't even know that this would be a thing. No. Of questions that you'd be asked because I'm sure you could think about that. I could think about it and be like, I guess Florence Pugh or whatever you want to <laughs> say. But I was like, uh, in my Sydney head, I was like, Sweeney. All right, here's the deal: you either yes. got an Edie Modica type, you got a Kelly Cooper type. Maybe we could get a Maya Sharma in on this. Like, yeah. I mean, who are gonna cast yeah. in the lead role? Meg Stalter. You know? Oh, know. maybe we could do. We could pull Meg Stalter in on this. Yeah, like those are the names I know, and that's how I think of it. And anytime we're putting a project together, it's like you don't think, oh, who could we cast? Who? It's like it suggests itself naturally through like because of who the, has the time to do it who and who has wants the to time. do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And who do we want to hang out with? Yeah. Yeah. So I just felt like an idiot. So I whiffed that one as well. I couldn't think of an actress's name Damn. even. Yeah, I was like it being uh, I fucked <laughs> M- it up. Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And like I could think of actresses, but none of them were like had anything to do with like why they would be the lead in this movie. So I was like I I have no fucking idea. Um but anyway, they seem to like me and I'm going to talk to the director. They liked you? Yep. <laughs> in spite of wow. all this. We really liked yeah. how little you understood <laughs> about the script. <laughs> She's a naive mind. I honestly think you should just been like, look, 
Everyone likes me. I'm really good vibes. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. What you want? You want some like 25 year old, uh, like film film nerd boy industry ridiculous. I love. Yeah. Yeah. Fuckhead. He's like, this is like this other movie that I know. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I have a list of 10 people on a spreadsheet that we could cast. Like, no. I love Greta Gerwig. Yeah. 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 No way. I'm gonna. We should ask Greta Gerwig. No Um, way. No. Yeah, and it was also funny. I just I kind of have a bias against these people who like I went to University of Pennsylvania and everyone there is like a finance major or a finance major adjacent ma- getting engaged to someone they met who was a finance major. Um and they all did this thing of like as soon as college is over if they wanted to be a creator an artist or in film just moved straight to LA and became like assistants rising through the like industry system. Right. And now they're all seeing like success kind of through doing that. Like have they become though creatives cuz you can just become like you a can manager just become that a, way or yes. producer. They become managers and producers but they've also become like they went from writing room assistant to actual writer on a TV show uh, and this okay. way that I'm like that annoys me. It's a way to do it. It's a way to do it. It's a way to do it. And they all did it. And I just like look at that way of doing things and I really don't like it. Like, because I think of the industry as being the most toxic part of like making stuff. And so for you to want in your young creative years to go immediately into that and like start there is like, Jesus, then like what's going to come out of you in 10 years? Just like Ant-Man three. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like I I dream. (laughs) I got three little (laughs) Ant-Mans. No, it's a cool scene. It's a cool (laughs) scene, Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) And so I guess like when I was talking to them, I, I hope they don't listen to the podcast. Um, I mean, I'm not really saying anything. And if you do, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> no, you. They were really nice and I liked them. No, fuck um, you. No, I'm no. <laughs> But I just had this, this anxiety that I'm like, oh, I'm not from that like industry uh, centrist world. It's like all DIY centrist centrist and then like maybe in 10 years i'll think about asking florence Pugh to be in a movie yeah but those industry people they look at the shit we do and they're like why are you wasting your time yes exactly to them it's we're wasting time and i do think there are people who are optimistic there are people who have like risen through an industry world and then made like auteur work but it takes kind of like having faith that someday that you will have the knowledge and the power to like pull that off yeah and some people do do it but i don't think it's most people yeah so, um, so coming back to this, so what is the solution? How do we have a scene, Sarah? That's a question. Well, here's the, the other thing. So that was how did I get on that tangent? I was telling you, you two were things saying, that I oh, really because they were saying with. they were saying uh, oh that they got into film randomly. They were like they were like the way. medium doesn't matter. You just go to a city and then wherever you see the scene, that's the thing you start doing. They're like, we never liked painting, but maybe if we'd born in a different time and place, yeah. when painting was really popping, that's what we would have done. Yes. and I think there's. I mean, there's some truth to that. I mean, we've been, I feel like the mo- most of my time has not been spent hanging out with comedy people. It's been hanging out in other scenes that interest me more. Totally, totally. So that was interesting. And then <clears throat> another thing they said, which I was trying to say a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, but I ended up kind of chickening out as I was saying it because I was like, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm, I want someone else to like figure out what I'm trying to say because I can't figure it out. Is I was talking about audiences a couple of weeks ago and saying that audiences in Brooklyn aren't good. And I, as I was saying it, I was like, but why am I saying that? Like, it's not true. Like, I go to comedy shows, and a lot of comedians are in the audience, and they're a good audience for comedy. Like, they they are supportive in Brooklyn because they understand, and they put on shows. That's not necessarily a good audience, It's not though. necessarily a good audience, though. Um, yeah, which getting to this point. Um, but I just had this, like, feeling. I have this suspicion that uh, everyone wants to make stuff, and no one wants to watch anything anybody else has made. Um, anxiety. 
And it's part of even why we like made Life World is I'm like, oh, everyone's making these little short films. We got to get it, get watch these things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on, come on. Just carve out an hour of your day to watch all these yes. short films. <laughs> get over here. It's Sunday. <laughs> you have to watch all the shit that your colleagues are making. Uh, otherwise, there's no audience for it. Um, and I was talking to a producer whose name that I won't say, but who's a cool comedy producing guy you guys know. Um, and he was saying that like one of the biggest problems in sort of indie producing is just like there's no market for all the shit that's getting made and then sort of by saying that it's also like is there an audience for all the stuff that's getting made like i don't know so i was thinking oh it's a, it's kind of at the top and it's at the bottom and that's why i feel sort of surrounded by this anxiety that it's like there's no audience there's no audience and they were talking about on the podcast they were like the, there's the audience is just as important in the scene that happened in like the early 2000s as the people the musicians and like people's dedication to like wanting to follow those bands and to like listen to them and it was pre um like now the internet following comes first and then you get a real life uh analog audience out of the internet but then it was like you had to have just people who were down to like show up and hang around and be into shit and then it, you would get like a label would sign you and <clears throat> stuff like that you had to be down to have people meet you in the bathroom mm. <laughs> that's right huh wait why do you say that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it just came <laughs> <laughs> i've been yeah. thinking i've been quiet for 10 minutes because i've been trying to figure out a joke about meeting in the bathroom that's funny in different parts of sarah's anecdotes but i could that's never slip hard. it in because yeah. she's on a <laughs> roll blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no yeah. I, I was i mean uh, this is a conversation i've had it, and this isn't quite the answer because I think part of it is like the audience has to feel cool at the show and they yes. have to feel like they're doing something creative by being That's at the show. That's a credit to them. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like looking totally, cool, being totally. part of a cool thing. Um, I would say most comics who go to each other's shows i feel like i got really tired of seeing it. that's the most charitable <laughs> way of seeing it but it's like i don't love going to comedy shows or i'm no. like quite tired of it. No. Yeah. Um Although when we first moved here, there was a feeling sometimes with shows, it was like, you want to go. It's like everyone's like really yeah. in on it. But I was talking to both Carly and Benny and, and they they gave me another perspective, which is like, yeah, and, and I think we know this, but they were like Brooklyn audiences are just or just other comedians. And Benny yeah. was like, in Philly, you're performing for people that aren't comedians. And that's a huge deal. And Carly's been... We talked. Carly's we talked so much shit about her doing her bringer show or whatever, yeah. but or not. You know, we, we didn't, didn't talk, talk shit about Carly, her, but yeah. that horrible bringer show place. Yeah. But now she's been doing spots at the Broadway Comedy Club, and she really likes it. She's like, that's yeah. regular ass people who are coming. Big full room. They're yeah. not like you don't have to be like twelve steps ahead of like the their comedy brain. You can just really surprise them with a with like a bit, and it's like, oh yeah, we don't have that. Like you just. Go, you do a show and it's like all comedians who have seen you at mics or like who are so tired of seeing stand. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, but totally. that's a separate issue because those people at the Broadway Comedy Club are like not, they're in, not, they're a, not in a scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not trying to be part of this comedy scene. Yeah. So. Well, what you're saying is very distressing to me because. No. No, I don't was be distressed. Hey, it's okay. Yeah. It's well, okay, dude. We're all going to die. I <laughs> was, I was in college. I was wanted to be like a, an actor, a guy who did, who was like a, just read the scripts and did theater and television and That's movies. Right. Right. And then I got to college and I was like, oh, all the, all the cool kids who I like are doing comedy. And oh I no. like that. Oh no. And so I switched to doing comedy. I wasn't like trying to be a funny person. I didn't love comedy. I didn't oh love no. Writing pilots, <laughs> scripts, <laughs> and, and sketches, and things like that. I was just like, "Oh, this is the cool scene where it's at." So I'm going to switch to doing this. Yeah. But what you're suggesting is that that 
is that comedy isn't the cool scene. No, that you picked wrong. <laughs> picked yeah. the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think b- so? Do you guys think that I should switch to being like a DJ switch now? Back. Yeah, you should. Yeah, that you is should live. DJ hyperpop. That is live. <laughs> Become trans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is live. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I really do think the comedy scene is like it's got a certain amount of life to it there because there's a lot of people that we know and people go to each other's shows and like i don't know i just feel like there is like something happening whether or not it means that like great art is being created or not is like a separate conversation but like people are invested in each other's lives and stuff in a way that feels like there's life here to me yeah i mean the you don't that's why i said that thing about the strokes going global because it's like you can just enjoy the scene and think it's like something interesting is happening. Yeah. That being said, I personally feel like right now there is, we're in like a dip. I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. what's like hot. Yeah. I don't know what's hot. I knew what was hot in <coughs> 2016 and 17 when we moved here. I don't know what's hot now. Yeah. And I go to the mics and I'm like, there's all these young people that we have no clue about or like, and you know, they're like learning, but I'm like, these are going to be cool people or they're like already there's like friendships there are like little mini there it's not like a scene yet but there's like friendships at mics and stuff and yeah you feel left out of that oh no i feel like if i kept going maybe i could become but i do feel i mean i do feel like older when i'm at them yeah that's something else they talk about on the the i unpack episode where they were like oh being 25 <clears throat> at like music parties in new york felt like being like a grandpa and it was like oh this is like there's not enough of a thing here to like age into so you got to move over into film where you can like be an older person because there's like a real community and i was thinking like oh that makes sense because honestly when i i remember just being like 22 and 23 and my head is down i'm just like in the drama of my life and into partying and showing up places and like i don't even really care about the work or meeting people like none of that matters every life is just like chaos and then you get a little older and you're like oh i just want to be somewhere where i'm like oriented around the things that i care about and there's like a point that i'm there and i'm meeting people that i think are cool and yeah that because so. for me it's been the opposite i've never done more party <laughs> yeah now. yeah you're suddenly <laughs> yeah out here no one knows why when i was 22 <laughs> and 23 i was like serious i was serious i was worried about what what was happening in my like my career i was Damn. like i gotta get as good as possible wow you know it's That's true smart. i've become a going out guy yeah but now way I'm like, too late. there's a party I don't That's know why. so sick yeah why are you guys go. doing that suddenly now because the pandemic's over and you're celebrating well, men age slower you know so uh, i'm i'm so you're stuck. just reaching the maturity level i'm stuck can... in a prolonged adolescence um and yeah i need to do partying that i didn't do when i was like 16 and 17 and i actually genuinely because i think i mean our, our time i mean we, I, we still go to comedy shows and stuff but it feels like it's like cooler to try to go to like dance of course there's like cool but it's like cool shit going on or yeah. like the people that we know through there are, are, i'm like there's there's just something that's like a little more live to me mm-hmm. i don't know maybe yeah, that's you like grab them we grab a mic and that's where we do our sets <laughs> <laughs> what Oh, we do it. We where we do parties. our comedy at the at, cool parties. At the cool parties. Ah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So imagine now. <laughs> what I want you to do okay. is Walk imagine for a moment yeah. a world in which we were like at a party at Rash or whatever, where we were backstage or whatever, and and someone was DJing, and then we grabbed the mic and mm. we started doing our little comedy character. That would go over quite well. Yeah. 
exactly. It's kind of it's funny to think of, about. Right? You could do poly guy. I, I'm doing poly guy. I could do something. You, that, you got your bald cap on. Yeah, <laughs> You're screaming. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. So anyway, well, that's the wrap up on the ion pack. Maybe thing. life world is the scene. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I had this funny moment a couple of days ago, just like I was at Life World four nights this past week. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Why do I run a venue? <laughs> like, yeah, when like, do you run a venue? It's so random. Like, what the hell is going on? I'm busy. I don't have time to do this. Um, and I just had like this strange feeling about it. And it felt like I had just like been in a daze. And um, I remember opening it and just being like, oh, I'm called to do this. I'm called to do this. I have to do this. Um, and now I've done it. And now I'm like waking back up and I'm like, this is crazy. Do you <laughs> not want to run it anymore? Um, I don't know. Life's life's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> life's okay. crazy. There's not enough time in life to do everything you want to do. So of course I want to run it. Well, it, what you're saying makes me think of a thing that a, a very real like decision that we had to make recently. And I'm gonna start talking about it. And if I get the <coughs> get the, the, uh, the red, the light. red sign light sign from yeah. Felipe what that I shouldn't talk about about the play. Uh, the play? No, Just about about Scary Car. Oh, um, oh yeah. Which is that we were going to submit it to Tribeca. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, it, yeah, <coughs> okay. <coughs> Green light, folks. I'm going forward. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. You have to get flip in these placid situations. Yeah. <laughs> then you can really go off. So we made this, Simultown made this this film called Scary Car. And it's showing this Friday at Life World, 10 p.m. That's going <coughs> to be so fucking fun. If you're not coming to that, I don't know why, because that's the funnest that's thing. A Bro, scene. That's a scene. Meet us in the fucking that's bathroom oh my there, God. okay? I want you wearing yeah. sequins, platform shoes, and yeah. uh, and the biggest pants. <laughs> you're the biggest pants you own. Yeah. Um. So we made this Scary Car. It's a, it's a film that Simpletown made. It's it's sick. And we, uh, this guy, Drew, from Eternal Family, um, who... Shouts to Drew. Shoutouts to Drew. Very cool guy. He's kind of creating uh, this scene around this like streaming platform called Eternal Family, and it's really cool. And there's a bunch of other artists in it, and great work. And he and he's like, you know, you should put put this on Scary Car on Eternal Family, and it's and it is on Eternal Family. And he's we screened it in a, in a screening with a bunch of other work, but right before this that screening was about to happen. We submit. We sent Scary Car to this person we knew who works for the Tribeca Film Festival, um, and she was like, "Oh, this is great! If you want, you should submit this to Tribeca. I can give you this like free code or whatever, and you can submit it, and I'll make sure that someone watches it." And we were like, "Because uh, sometimes they don't watch the movies. Sometimes you they submit. don't watch stuff. You pay fifty, yeah. seventy-five dollars. <laughs> they throw yeah. your video in the trash. <laughs> yeah." You're paying for someone's lunch. Um, (laughs) So so we were like, oh, my God, this is a huge opportunity. Uh, So so we submit it. We're going to be rich. (laughs) We submit it. I put Sarah as the producer. There's a box when you submit. There's a box you can check if if the producer is female or not. I fucking checked that box. (laughs) That box is checked. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> so we submit it and then we're posting about the eternal family screening on all our Instagrams. And this woman reaches out to us and is like, Hey, by the way, you know, if you screen scary car with eternal family, you cannot, you will be like, uh, unsubmitted from Tribeca. You'll be kicked out of, um, the process because Tribeca, it has to be world premieres. And then, so mm. we were like, okay, we should, uh, 
we had this this real moment of being like, okay, should we back out of eternal family? So the our so, family, mm, our family, yeah. so that we have a chance of being in, uh, considered for Tribeca. And we went back and forth on it for a long time, and we were about to do it, but then Simpletown was like, members of the group were like, you know what, fuck Tribeca, like that's not our people, that's not our scene. That's right. Wow. Uh, and you said <coughs> that. It's all about family. Wow. We're not wow. we're not trying to get seen by like 85-year-olds in big scarves who are like wandering <laughs> down <laughs> Chelsea and like going to the Tribeca Film Festival. Like what we're trying to the people who we want to reach are mm. on Eternal Family. Mm. Uh, and they're watching the weird shit that people are making and that's our scene. That's beautiful. And and so we decided to stick with Eternal Family. And it was like one of these m- moments where I thought, it, I was like, oh, this is a, f- a moment in my career. It's not make or break, but it's a moment where it's like, oh, we made a decision to do this sort of small, weird thing and build our scene and invest in our scene and, yeah. the, and in the cool, small thing, rather than like try and shoot for Tribeca, which is like, who knows what scene that is? Totally, totally. And it's just actually just kind of buying into, like, I don't know, weird corpo art totally. world, like, it's, festivals. It's, it's funded so by, cool. like, um, the guy who owns Fox, the mm. um, the fucking Madoffs. No, Robert not Robert Mueller. Uh, um, <laughs> no, Robert Mueller's <laughs> funding Tribeca. Name. I do not want anything um, to be do made with off. That. Yeah. <laughs> Fauci. Fauci. Come on. Which no, one is it? Murdoch. 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 Yeah. And so I was like, "Well, we've been we've been also been invited to some cool <laughs> scene festivals that are that's funded true. by other bad people. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, we get that, that, now. That's, that's, that's the one you got to talk about. Now that's the one we can't talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it was it. That's interesting. Yeah, it was it was a cool moment. I remember in Stuart Lee in his book about doing comedy where he started touring and he was like, "Yeah, it's always better to just like build up your this like really small loyal audience rather than like." having like if you have a huge base it's a thin reed to lean on if you get famous really quickly enough because those people will like are not as interested in your work and they'll leave you as quickly as they as they come yeah Mm. Mm. Stuart lee and you gotta watch that (laughs) you gotta watch that special can't tell me what to do yeah yeah i guess it's okay that we have a small following <laughs> and no real that's success. Funny. I, funny. I appreciate good. hearing this explanation because I it, that resonates with me. Because when I heard that you guys weren't going to submit it to Tribeca, I have another film that I'm hoping will be in Tribeca. Which one? I don't know if I can talk about this. I, can I you guess say so. Can you say it in Pig Latin or something? Uh, it's Dad, Stepdad. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> and we're hoping that it's going to premiere there. And I was like, well, if I have two premieres at Tribeca, I'm getting a new outfit. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling open a fur coat. I'm not going to wear Will's pants. I'm going to the store and <laughs> getting a new outfit. Rolling open a fur coat. And that's what I told myself. And then when I hear that uh, Scary Car is not even in consideration at Tribeca, I'm like, well, fuck me. Then. Honestly, for a minute, I was like, oh, let's just put it in internal and say we didn't screw Yes. It. It's I like, who's going to find out? Out, who's going to find out? Move. That's what I was also thinking. I was like, I bet that they'll just forget. Who's going to find out? Yeah. But no, it, it yeah. wasn't the move. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was I don't know. We were like going through the website. I was like, are we even going to get into this? I was looking at all the movies on the, yeah. the thing. I was like, everything's kind of slick. or things not super slick? You know, from a certain... I think the movie's great, but I thought from a certain programmer's perspective, this could look like an extended sort of comedy video. 
Um, I don't. I think it's more than that. But you know, I think if you have the Tribeca headset on, it might look like an. It doesn't have the doesn't have the polish. I I don't know. I've never been to the festival, but I did. I do remember thinking like, oh, we shouldn't. We don't know anything about festivals. We're new to this, and we and often I've found being for instance on the inside of like animation festivals that like the thing you think is the really prestigious thing actually isn't that big of a deal once yeah. you get it yeah. um i mean this is true animation festivals are like not Damn. they were like popping at a certain time and i think they're not quite as popping right now it's not really wow and this is coming from one of just for laughs new faces that's right in the content creator 2019 in the content creators category bingo wow. <sighs> yeah that didn't do a whole lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. Um, I have one other thing to say about Ion Pack. Please. But it, it's tangential. But at the beginning of the episode, one of the guys was talking about his parents wanting to know whether or not they should watch the new Yay documentary series. Uh-huh. And him t- explained to his parents whether or not they should watch it or something. And, um, it was just the way he was talking uh, about his parents revealed that they are also like people who are interested in like arts and media. Like uh-huh. my parents would never ask that question. They have no idea about whatever that's called that Ryan Martin Brown worked on. Or, um, Wait, Ryan Martin Brown worked on I the think, Kanye? F- yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like an assistant editor on it. Holy shit. Cool. I did not know so that. Shouts to Ryan. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I can't remember. There was like another example. He was talking about something with his parents and they were watching like things that were like playing at Sundance or whatever. And it was just making me think about, you know, I have this axe to grind about people whose like parents are really culturally aligned with them. And I was just thinking again last night, I thought about this a thousand times. It, it really irritates me for some reason. Um, Cause I feel like, I guess there's this advantage of like, if your parents are interested in alternative and cool art that they help you as a kid and then you get to just sort of like be aligned with like their taste and then you get to figure shit out and I don't know it's just like I didn't have that and I resent it It, I know it's it's extremely trivial um because I had like money and food in the house and stuff (laughs) so like this is like a ridiculous concern um but I was just thinking about how in the media artists are always portrayed as like having uh parents that they've had to like resist and go against to like make their art you know like that's yeah. the artist narrative and but that that's not the reality that no. we live in that almost everyone who makes art has parents who are making like experimental art or something uh, some kind of art or work or otherwise engaged is and that sort of true like, i don't well, know if i feel like it is i feel like it is in this moment i feel like it is who like in our, our friend group uh, just everybody i feel like it's like everybody my parents did not make experimental art yeah okay well felipe is exempt and my parents parents. didn't make experimental art but but you know i feel like i mean it's definitely obviously race and class and blah 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 they're like in in uh wrapped up in this what yeah no yeah let me you'll let me drop some knowledge (laughs) on you guys right now sit back sit back and take out the notebook it's racing because (laughs) yeah because like i i feel like being an artist now is like enough of entered like sort of bourgeois values yes enough that like it's like my parents aren't weren't artists this is what but i'm they, saying but they yeah. like totally understand this the desire to like be an artist and totally like, are completely supportive of it totally. you know what was what i'm say? saying is that not that everyone's parents are like literally artists but that you don't you're not having to be in resistance against your parents like daniel johnston style anymore look i don't sense that that is well the it's because i don't think I mean, that resistance, I mean, yeah, I think Sam's right. That resistance comes more from class, right? It's more like this is not a life that's going to, like, work out for you. And it's true that I think 
if you are working class trying to be an artist, you might get a little then more resistance. Might. Not because your parents aren't cool and down, <laughs> but because it's like it's mm. it's a like, it's a thing that it's really hard to do if you're not if you don't have capital. Interesting. Maybe that's why a scene isn't happening too. I mean, I think that's uh, that's one hundred percent the fact that New York City is expensive to live in. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this, but it's like yeah. I just I guess here's what I think is that the status quo of the world is bad and that people should be resisting it. I think the state of things is is pretty evil and there's so much darkness and that's the predominant overarching the powers that be are wreaking evil in the lives mm-hmm. of the people. Um and that it, through art you have to resist the status quo of things. Um but that I just remember like even especially being in college people would be doing their experimental art projects and they're sort of like resist the status quo work and their grandparents would be in the back of the audience just being like, this is so wonderful. This yeah. is so wonderful. <laughs> you um, know what, that's not what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you if, if you're not even resisting your grandparents, your parents, their tastes, then like, how are you at the, the top level resisting, you know, the robot dogs that are being released in the streets like mm-hmm. next year, the, the police dogs. Dynamic yeah. The Boston dogs. dynamic robot dogs. You know, like it's not even happening. The family is the cell of our society. If you're not against your parents, you're not against, you're not against the world. Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. I don't, I'm not really convinced that art has like a, at least in our context, that it has a genuine, like. Resistance capacity. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think you'll have like a Sophie's Choice moment, Sarah, though, where you're like, have to choose between like making a ton of money and becoming famous, doing something that you're that you you don't working on something that you don't want to work on, or like continuing to make your fire shit. I don't think so. I think it'll be a thousand small choices that make it so that I'm never capable of making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So that I'm never presented with the million dollars. Or or a thousand small choices that make it so that you just go right into middle class. Yeah. The way that <laughs> the way that destiny's hand mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. decided. Yeah. 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 I just yeah, I mean like cuz part of me feels like I I do think I agree what you're saying that like the world is evil and we should resist the status quo, but yeah. like I just know like if any one of my close friends just like starts to make their bag, I'm going to be like good, get in f- there. good for you, get bro. Yeah. Good for you, bro. Yeah. Fucking get it. <laughs> get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can't help you can't you you have to hold that um, you know, inconsistency, that dichotomy in totally, yourself as totally. you as you make work. At the end of the day, this is the time we have in making art right now is what feels good. And uh, there's not, you know, can't, that's all that needs to be okay. That's true. Yeah. It well, needs to be enough. And if that your needs to be like enough. it, hell yeah. Well, this is enough. Maybe stop that's me boring. if this is an, ins- an insufferable thing to say, but, and it is something I've said before to you too privately, but like, I also know in my heart that like if if we ever like as a friend group suddenly like really make our bag and start like making uh, getting a ton of money to make stuff like it will we will always like look back on this this time and be like oh that was fun and awesome and low stakes and cool and it was a we were having a great time and like writing in a writer's room with some like chuckleheads who you don't know like on some project that's like probably gonna suck is like well, gonna it's gonna suck I've it's always, gonna suck i've always thought that that's like right. i was i think that the most you make the most interesting stuff when you're kind of not 
like of being on like I don't think TV is conducive to anything really that interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes there's like a fluke. Yeah. But, but I was I was talking about uh, maybe we've talked about this on the podcast, but Lady Dynamite specifically. Yeah, um, Maria Bamford. Maria Bamford. Show. And Maria Bamford has done a lot of cool stuff on TV. Actually, like her special where she's just just doing it for her parents. I think is really That's really cool. good. She got a '90s special where she's wearing a little '90s vest. Yeah, and but she's so fucking funny. She did that web show where she was in a room filming herself. Yes, and that was dogs. brilliant. Yeah, that was like true magic. Yes. And the same way that. Joaquin Phoenix didn't get the Oscar for The Master, but he got it for The Joker. I think that Lady Dynamite is her getting the Oscar for The Master. The show. It's like she already made the show. She already made the show, and now she gets to be on TV. And Lady Dynamite, I saw okay, I saw one episode, but it was not as it's it not wasn't so good. So good. But it's it was kind good. of based on those ideas. Yes. Um, and I was like, it doesn't matter that this isn't good because this is her reward for making the real art. Back in the day, TV, the thing, it's frustrating, but I think... Where people go to retire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Well, TV is slow. It doesn't, like, it doesn't, it, like, doesn't want to take a risk on something. It wants to take a risk on something proven, or doesn't want to take a risk. So it just wants to do something that's been proven. So there's no chance of doing anything actually, like, experimental on it. So I think, yeah. But in order to be impulsed, in order to have the desire to keep making the weird stuff, we kind of have to have on the horizon, like, the promise of, like, there's going to be something on the horizon yeah. really cool and so it's kind of a paradox because when you get there it's going to be bad but you, <laughs> you have to want the the north star has to be there in order for you to like keep moving forward but when you get to the north star it's going to be bad so you both need it and it also is like inimical to in, what is it inimical to the thing you're trying to do totally yeah it's funny it's making me think of um when i was a kid like what did i envision that made me want to be a comedian and want to be someone who was like in television and i remember watching there's this uh, documentary about the artist wayne white called beauty is embarrassing oh yeah i've seen that you've seen that oh i love it and uh wayne white's uh, just a painter and like makes puppets and like random shit uh in the 80s i think and he's like from tennessee and he moved to new york city and he gets a job working on peewee's playhouse now that was a scene now that was, that a, was a real scene, scene. Mm-hmm. and like in the documentary when they show what it was like working on peewee's playhouse in the 80s that is like my high school art teacher worked on peewee's playhouse in the 80s what did they say? she was like i mean she seemed to like it she knew wayne white and stuff she was like she told me about being at like a cafe and seeing basquiat and stuff wow. she was like in the scene wow. and then she became wow. an art teacher wow. at a high school wow. which good for her good yeah, for her yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta live yeah um all those motherfuckers are in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. And they were talking about, well, here's a funny thing you're talking about. Oh, that's not even the real art. Like, the show isn't the real thing. It's something else. They were like, oh, they had this little puppet theater that they made out of like, cardboard boxes that was like in the basement of the studio where when they weren't shooting Pee Wee's Playhouse, they would go to put on little like puppet shows and wow. stuff. And they were like, that was the show. Wow. That's when you should have seen that show. Which, like, it probably wasn't very good. <laughs> or, like, you know, when, like, on your break, you're doing a puppet show in the basement. Like, how funny can that be? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, people are with their little friend groups are like, oh, we had all these inside jokes. Yeah, whatever. Um, but just the way they portrayed working on the show seemed so fun. And I really wonder, like, where, what writer's room is that? Like, today, does that exist? Like, then that was like a flash, you know? I think it lasted a couple of years. And then they all had to move on to other random things and projects they didn't enjoy working on as much. And yeah yeah it's a, yeah i don't know i don't know if there's anything that cool yeah going on maybe you just know in retrospect or maybe it sucks in the moment and then you think i think they thought it was kind of fun that's that's why they made it seem but maybe they are speaking in retrospect in the documentary so we don't know yeah yeah you know what's tough it's like you look you hope that by learning about history you get answers about like okay 
So that was but the then, future, but the future doesn't exist. In you kind of have to live yeah. your life to find out what the answer is. I was thinking <gasps> about like we have these people in our lives. So I'm like, okay, you are like kind of a genius, but you're weird and you're <laughs> like not like you don't seem like someone who could be on TV. But you hear about people who do, who were weird, yes. and geniuses and did. And so you're like, okay, are you gonna be that, are person? You that person? And yeah. you can't. There's no amount of information from totally. the past that will help you know totally. what the future is. You just have to live it. And I, I feel the same about myself, where I'm like, okay, like what what models like who am i like that will predict totally. my future isn't and that funny and it's that thing of like oh well the julia child didn't make her first recipe until she was 40 years old yeah. or like those kind of things you're reading scrolling through 80 wikipedia pages yeah. like trying yeah. to figure out whose biography yeah. is like, like, who's like who can prove the concept of what i'm doing yeah i have one from the spirituality world which is that ram das famous spiritual guru didn't do acid for the first time until he was 30 so if you're not 30 yet, you can still do acid for the first okay. time, and it's not too late. I got a couple more years. Yeah. <laughs> Had he done other stuff? Uh, I don't think so. That was his first like, experimentation with heroin. psychedelics. <laughs> yeah. Maybe smoked weed. Who knows? I can't go on the record saying that. that Is that a big deal in the spirituality world? You have to. Say, it's like oh, I wish I started doing acid when I was 16. <laughs> I'd be so much farther <laughs> along now. If you haven't done acid if, when you were 16, just forget about yeah. it. Find a new <laughs> scene. You haven't put in your 10,000 hours exactly. of being on acid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, I guess we've. I guess that's that. So that's that. That's that, folks. Thanks for tuning in. No, not the show. That's <laughs> not the show. We got 15 minutes left of the show. 15 minutes. My stomach is yeah. rumbling. Aww. Did you not have breakfast? Yeah. No breakfast. I'm gonna yeah, go up and get a banana. Oh. In conclusion, I loved the Eye on Back episode. It's good. And I really enjoyed listening to it. And I, it wasn't even like I turned it on originally to just like find the part that you were talking about. And I listened to like the entire episode. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. And uh, I'm I, so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. You do. I. I'm sorry that I said you don't listen to stuff I send because you do listen oh. to stuff I send. I got a whole backlog of yeah. shit that I gotta, <laughs> yeah, I listen to. Um, so it was good. <sighs> Anyways, I'm trying to think of stuff. Uh, stuff that's Speaking been going of on. scenes we were building, we have a show. Raisin Man Arena uh. has a show. Well, we haven't like really planned it that much. We haven't planned it, but it's coming up. Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> Felipe! We don't. You're putting a knife in my back right no, now. No, 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 no. This is no, no. This is Felipe at seven thirty this morning. He's setting up Raisman. He's like, dude, we gotta, we gotta talk about the show we're having in a month. No, we I agree. Mention I meant no, 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 no. I meant that we need yeah. to talk about it because we need to book it and yeah. figure it out. Oh, no, that's fine. I, it's not bad that you talked about it. We well, just have like, a date or anything. Like, we kind of yeah. have a day, but we haven't put out a poster and this and Did that. Did you confirm it? Here I case? am, team player. Team player, Aww. just doing what I'm doing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Be quiet. I didn't mean you to You can tell you I played sports because, you know, I fucking, I, do, I yeah. do what I'm told. I follow the rules. No, I don't. I don't want you to feel bad because, in fact, I was actually, once that show was over, I was going to ask you guys whether we should have a little more time because I have some ideas of stuff I want to do. And I'm like, are we going to need a little more time to play? Okay. Well, we can so, talk about it. So the date is like, we have the date, but we could also push it if we want. It's Gary Cars this weekend. And there's a bunch of people in the chat. Charlie's here for the first time. Hi, Charlie Sosnick. Mike Kendall's here. Hi, Carly's talking to them. Official Ryan Gosling. Who's Official here. Ryan Gosling? Official Ryan Gosling. Remind us who you are. Um, What's up? Hi, Sarah. Not the first time. Well, okay. It's saying to us, it's his first time chat from viewer, Charlie. I don't know why. I, I thought you've been in the chat before, too. 
I saw Charlie uh, do stand up last night. It was very funny. Charlie is very funny. And I went to college with Charlie. And when he used to do the comedy competition at the Smokey Joe's bar, <laughs> he would just crush. <laughs> Instant winner, top comedian at Penn. Yeah. Love him. Love that guy. I went to Efficiency Mike yesterday. Oh, yeah? Was it fun? It was fun, yeah. It was funny. I, I went up, like, second, which I don't like to do at Mike's. I like to go, like, in the middle, so I have some so time you know to what's think. Up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like to think for a while about what I'm going to do. But it was kind of nice, because then I had to just go up and do my set. Did not, not too much time to think. But people were laughing hysterically. Like, you know, people were laughing too loud at my jokes. And I was like, I am not working for this. I would just say a joke. And I would just get back, like it was hurting my ears. People were like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> screaming. Really? It was really sensitive what about his ears. Doing? <laughs> yeah, what just, were you doing? I've been doing, doing? I've been doing these bits. Like, I don't think you've seen any of these jokes. I've been doing these bits at the, like, the last couple of mics I've gone to. And um, I think they're fine. I, they, they get laughs in other mics. But the amount and volume yeah. and like speed of the laughter, I was like, People are tweaking right now. Wow. <laughs> People are on Kendall meth. says the energy of E-Mike is crazy. Yeah. The bug bit is great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the material is good, but but people were laughing so hard. Um, That's so funny. That I, wow. Because sometimes laugh, a laugh feels like it's proportional, proportionate to some like amount of effort you've put in. Like a laugh feels like feedback from like the, the effort you've put in with your body or it feels yeah. related. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. The, you gotta to sell it. Like yeah. a laugh sometimes feels like uh, like something you can touch. Like sometimes laughs feel like hard, like literally physically hard. Like the audience is like cold and hard and sometimes it feels soft. But in this case it felt like someone had grabbed the gain on a, on an amplifier and just turned it all the way up so it was like really buzzy <laughs> and like anything i did it was like <sighs> like right yeah. away it was really loud and wow. it felt kind of weird that's funny <laughs> and everyone you was know. getting a lot of laughs why fix that why is e mike like that <laughs> beautiful description <laughs> charlie mm. that's funny yeah it um, was funny it's a great mic huh. it was fun and, and i hadn't been in a while and they have so many different like there's like a button where you can wage your time. Wow. Um, so if, if you haven't well, been to it. Well, they've maximized the formula and They have this the algorithm. Like <laughs> computer program that like calculates how exactly how much time each person needs to get for the mic to be exactly an hour long. And it accounts for the time that it takes for the comedians to walk up and down the stage. If you go over your time, the, there's a counter on the screen that starts showing how much time is being subtracted from the room's time. <laughs> wow. It's all, you've never been to Efficiency Mike? No, no, I've been. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been. He's just reacting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm reacting. I'm, I'm giving you enthralled in your story. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not capped. As many people can sign up as they want, but it will just subdivide the amount of time available by those people. So if like a ton of people came on, you could just have 30 seconds yeah. on stage. And it's amazing to watch people run the light. And like the the way the audience energy turns and is like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and people will keep going knowing they're doing it. And you're like, oh my god, that person's a psychopath. Yes, because like it's a social experiment, and the the normal neurotypical person will not once they realize they've done it, they'll get off the stage. So mm -hmm. Candel says people boo now. Oh, that's funny. Wow, I've never been there when people <laughs> boo. They would just become silent. You wouldn't get any laughs laughs after the like really? the time ran over. So like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the energy just goes to yes. zero. Everyone's like, no laughing anymore. Yeah, you've abused our our joy. But yeah. they built this like wooden box with a red button on it, and if you hit the button, it wagers thirty seconds. So you either can get more, can get thirty seconds, or lose thirty seconds, and it's like a coin toss 
and then there's like a Kit Kat break in the middle. There's just That's all so these like are there little are there is it truly fifty fifty? Michael Kendall, you, can you can you yeah. answer us if it's truly fifty fifty or if if you've tipped the scales slightly? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 I can corroborate that it really felt like half the people got and half you know. Yeah. It really felt like fifty fifty. Did everybody hit the button? No, no, not everybody. Some people did. I wouldn't hit the button. I wouldn't hit the button. But it I was wouldn't. so exciting when people hit the button. Everyone was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. That's so fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's funny. I remember the first efficiency mic ever. It, the only people that came were me and Haley Steele. And, uh, <laughs> Are we really just yeah. two people? Just two people. Wait, so you got 30 minutes? No, yes. Well, technically, so we got 30 minutes. <laughs> but we just like cut out and went to like some bar nearby. And the energy of Langston and Michael was like, I don't know if we'll ever do that again. Really? Yeah, but it was such a good idea. It was obviously such a good idea from the beginning. And I'm so glad that it has turned into this massive success. Honestly, efficiency being there, I was like, oh, this is how late Mike used to feel. Mm. Like it, it was, it's like a fun mic with like a game to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like different than any other mic and you could go to. The structure of the mic like makes it sort of worth being at as an event in and of itself. Totally, like, this is a creative experience. Yes, yeah. yes. And it's not just get up and do your time and get off the stage. Yeah. It's no, like, I, I really respect that. I think it's a great mic. Yeah, and that it's only an hour. It does not waste your time. No, it does not waste your time. That's yeah. fire. Right. Yeah. So how much time do people actually get? Cause it's like that's short. I. Um, we got a minute and a half, minute and a half, a minute and a half. <laughs> so wow. you don't get a lot of time, no. but yeah, but it's only an hour <laughs> compared <laughs> to the last ladies who ran to microphone that Carly was hosting and what sometimes for hours and sometimes she'd be at the bar and a stand up would finish and then there was no one calling the next name. She'd be like, Oh shit. <laughs> Silence. And she'd run to the name and be like the next person. That's awesome. I can cut that out Carly. If you don't That's want me awesome. putting you on blast. <laughs> Anyways, um, damn, I've been really burned out. I'm just living my life in these cycles of like extreme burnout yeah. and exhaustion. And I got to break out of that. Like, I, yeah, I'm always like burned out. And then I like take some time or try to figure something out to relax. And then I'm just like back on it, like moving towards the burnout again. Yeah. And I don't want to live like that. Do you guys feel like you live like that or you don't? I... I have a slightly different problem, but I want to. I don't want to turn the camera on oh, to me you don't before we finish. You. you, yeah, it just gets crazy. Like I don't know, just this endless like the event horizon for me is so crowded with shit that I can't even stop to think. I can't even get a bird's eye view because it's just like okay, next, okay, next, okay, next. Like I'm just living one minute onto the the next minute. That's because well, it's because you're trying to avoid something. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Know. And what are you avoiding? Um. Probably just like existing in in life and being with my own creative projects. Like it's just like oh I'm busy. I don't have time to think about that. I have to. Right. I have to. Right. Yeah. No, you don't. You gotta no, go. You, don't. you, you have to. You stuff. have to rent an Airbnb on Nantucket yeah. for like three months and like write your little novel. I know. I know. Because I have this show. I'm gonna do my, uh, a long set on March 12th, and I have a I'm doing like you know explorations live charlie and natalie show at the end of the month nice. and i have to like get ready and i like luxuriating in the time leading up to a show like i don't like having you know my seven minute set that i've done before that i'll just do that set again it's like i like to think of a new thing and spend time and rewrite it and practice it and like i like when this time spreads out in front of me and i'm like oh i can just go to life world and like be alone in the room and just talk out loud to myself for a couple of hours until i figure out what i want to talk about 
Um, and so when I, am I avoiding that process? I'm like fucking up my own practice. Cause then I will only arrive at getting ready for the shows a couple of days before. And I'll be like, well, fuck, what about my time? I wanted to luxuriate. So yeah, I'm messing it up. Hmm. But I'm trapped. I'm always doing this. Yeah. I've been stuck in a loop of like doing a lot of like private work. That's like it'll like that will come out eventually, which is nice. But I'm like just every day I have so much like tasks to do for things that aren't don't feel like investing in the scene mm. or investing Aww. in like relationships. You know with what, people. though, dude, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of jealous of everything you're doing. Totally. Right I'm really? jealous. Totally. Yeah, dude, totally. I, I totally. was going to go to the mic the other day and I saw you working in your room and I was like, Sam is like, yeah, you're putting in this time, but it's really going to it's you're it's really going to reap a benefit yeah. once it comes out. Yes. You have like you can have like seven films that you've made. Yes. And I like <laughs> went to this mic and I was like, what is this for? So I can do a minute and a half and like never be booked on a show. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like, why am I? And yeah. I don't quite have that. So I I I only say this to you to say I've thought about the thing you're doing and I actually think it's really cool and good. Um, and from my perspective, I'm like, fuck the thing I'm doing is like not, I feel like I'm like scattered in a million directions and you're just like investing time in a thing that's going to come out all at once. And it's going to be really strong and like have a purpose. Yeah. Thanks man. I appreciate that. Well, you know, it's funny cause it's like, I remember when you were working on it, a, a moment when it was precisely the shoes on the other foot where I was like, when I really wanted to go to mics and you were working on like war for dogs or something like that. And you were like, I can't mic for like three or four weeks. Cause I like have to get this thing out, mm. you know? And it's, so it's just, you know, you go through phases and stuff where, and I remember you being like, Oh, I want to get out of my house. I want to go see people and things like that. And so mm. anyways, it's always, it's always, when you're in a, a close collaboration and a friendship, you just take turns doing different things. And being and jealous of each other. <laughs> yeah, jealous. dude. And but also, my my the thing that most of the bulk of my animation work is going to <laughs> to this interminable simple town cartoon. Wow, <laughs> you're still working on that. Will not it's about be cool to be two years, and it's no one's gonna like <laughs> you're it. You're still working. It's been on two that. years. What is going on? I mean, we're like in the home kind of home stretch. It's it's getting to the end. Oh my but god! But it's been two oh years of working god. on this cartoon that is, can I say, crazy and not good. <laughs> I I was talking it's to great. Alan the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, we're almost finished with that," and 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 it's not good. Like, uh, yeah, it's just gonna come out, and we were like, "We're gonna be embarrassed to post." I know about we it. do not want to post. I remember when you showed me that, and you just were silent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was really a turning point for me i was like i hate my life yeah and and we were the only reason we did it was so we would get money from the people who were buying it and most of that went to taxes and to the animators <laughs> working on it so it's gone all that money so it went gone. To, to war yeah. yeah so um i don't know i was thinking i've always thought you know it'd be funny when it comes out to talk about our displeasure with it and i thought can we do that and we're doing it now yeah. I'm saying how much I don't <laughs> like it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun to talk about what once it's like you can release it and people can see what we're talking. <laughs> like, yeah, see what, yeah, yeah. How, how it's not funny. We but can really go through. We'll do a whole Razor Man dedicated to dissecting that. Yeah. <laughs> that work. Uh, my um, hope is that even talking about how it's not funny will make people kind of interested in it. Yes. Like, yes. They'll yes, be like, oh, yes, that's interesting. Yes. It's like this train wreck or something. Yes. That is interesting. Uh, and it took so much work because it's a cartoon. It's so. it's truly some. I don't. 
I don't ever want to stop and think about how much work it's taken out of my life because I think I would become depressed. Damn. Like if I really thought about how much time of my life has been spent on this thing that I really do not feel proud of. Don't let him think about that, Sam. Yeah. I won't. I, r- I remember this this professor in college who's this history professor and she was like, she's like, you can waste your time in academia in different fields. And she's like, look, if you're a scientist, you know, like you can you're doing an experiment like you can kill a bunch of mice and it's all for nothing you know and like that's that's what's terrible about being a scientist you have to like kill and hurt animals to do these experiments (laughs) and sometimes nothing comes out but she's like but in history it's 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 not killing mice it's like spending hours and hours and days and days in libraries looking for things and looking shit up that you won't end up using so she's like it is the stakes are still high, but in a different kind of way. Wow. And I don't want you guys to waste your fucking time. Wow. And I was and I, I remember that thinking that and being it hitting me. And, and, and now it's like same thing if you're an artist, you know, same thing. If you're I an know. Artist. Yeah. Okay, but that's, what I, that's the that's the mice dying that's in the what lab. I hope, that's but what so I funny. hope, what I hope is that. No, everybody has to go through a project that's not good and put it out. And it's a lot of work and it's not wasted time because there's your it accumulates, you know, the like sediment of of failure and success. It accumulates into a kind of overall vision, a mistake you won't make again or some insight you've gained into a process. Yeah. But sometimes I wish that this hadn't been such a costly uh, lesson. lesson. Yeah. Um, it's funny that research thing that you're saying reminds me of like when I was trying to do research in college and I met with a professor who was explaining to me like how research is done and he was like here's the thing like when you're really at my level when you're like an academic like me you're gonna make some kind of crazy discovery like uh I made this discovery I was doing research on um women writing novels in the 19th century and uh, how they were published and I found, figured out that most women's novels were published by a subscription model where, like, chapters would come out, people would subscribe to have the chapters, like, sent to them one at a time. And oh, I discovered that, and I wrote about that, and that was me. And so you, that's my smoking gun. You're going to find a little cap gun version of that, some little tiny <laughs> little version of that. And I was like, a tinier version of that? <laughs> <laughs> that is already not even interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna find? <laughs> like, That's so That's funny. It Just blew laying my out the stakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It blew. Version of that. <laughs> what even is that? What does that mean? <laughs> so I don't even care about that, and I know <laughs> you. I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call that a discovery. It seems like knowledge that's in the air. Like, knowledge in the air. Did someone not know. If no one's ever written that down, it's because no one gives you're a fuck like, about you're that. You're like, when I discover this thing, can I tell people about it? Will it, will it be worth their time? Exactly. Exactly. You're so confusing. Trying to be a researcher was so confusing. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad you guys like that. Uh, if anyone, if anyone has any words of consolation as an artist about spending two years on a shitty project that is not going to give you anything, please. Sent Charlie agrees with you about the sedimentation theory. So maybe that's some kind words. Who <laughs> agrees with me? Charlie. He says I agree. I agree, Felipe. Felipe. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I. Yeah. If any words of, con- of consolation you have, please send them this way because I. I need them. Yeah. No, it's so important to make bad stuff, and that's what Charlie's saying. The importance of making bad stuff. 
Yeah. I, I originally was someone who said, you want as little evidence on the internet of you not being funny mm. as you want as possible. I don't know if I totally feel that mm. way. I don't know if that's my philosophy. There's some people I have so much regard for who put out bad shit and I'm just like, well, I'm going to put that into the forget I ever saw that category, yeah. you know, like, and I let it go. And I'm just like, I know I like your work. It's just nothing. I think I would rather be like a Frank Zappa who puts out like a 1 million album. Yeah. yeah and you yeah. have to listen to all Hell of them yeah. to get it. Um, failure brings you closer to God. Uh, oh, you're just saying that it's not in the chat. It's not in the chat. I'm just saying that failure brings you closer to God. And um, Kaveh's in the chat. Kaveh's in the he's chat. Saying, <laughs> he's that. saying that. <laughs> That's, That's a, a Kaveh quote, thing. right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then here was another thing I wanted to say, which is that uh, uh, there was a comedy show at Life World on Friday, and Sam was in it, and Sam's manager was in the audience. And I thought that that was funny because it was like Sam had like a really random part in it. You didn't do a set. You're just like no. part of the You're just framework, <laughs> the framing device. And to think that this businessman <laughs> <laughs> came out to watch you to be like, yep, he, yo, that's one of mine. Yo, Sam, that was great. Yeah. Good stuff, man. <laughs> I love working with you. This is great. <laughs> yeah. See, I was just in his underwear. It was the bit being a cabana boy and a, a man, an adult man who's a business person was in the audience and seeing how much value he could extract from <laughs> stuff like that in the future. I, I would yeah. not overstate too much how much Sam's manager is a businessman. Yeah. He really is a guy. Yeah, he's a cool guy. <laughs> he really guy. is a guy who likes comedy. Yeah, I talked to him for like 90 seconds and he seemed very fun. Yeah. <laughs> But I just like the I, comedy management of alternative DIY comedians. Totally. Very funny. Very totally. funny little universe. Yeah. 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 I've no, I don't know what the offices of this guy's who this guy's company what but I but I imagine them made of like complete glass, you know, and like stainless steel tables and stuff. And to think that that world is anyway related to life world yes, and someone yes. being a cabana boy yes, on it is yes, so funny. Yes, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I think this was a nice conversation. It was a nice conversation. There were some funny moments. Yeah, you know, it could always be funnier. I know it could always be funnier. <laughs> Maybe we can work on that for next episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, it's like, um, have you ever heard of this? Uh, it's this, uh, this concept in quantum physics that the more you know about the position of a particle, the less you know about its velocity. Mm-hmm. So you can only know uh, X amount about one or the other. It's on a you can't know the same yes. amount about both. Um, and I think that maybe there's some truth about how f- how many bits you can do versus how many real things you can talk about. Mm. Yes. Do you agree with that? Yes. And I came with a really long list of things I wanted to say about the ion pack. So I'm. I took up the air. But yeah. we've talked about this. You know, you don't want to bit too much. You don't want to bit too many much. bits. It's you like, don't get who cares? to rest. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to rest your little, your weary heart. Your weary yeah. bit mind. Yeah. Bit on your ears. way to work. Have a great morning, Raisin Nation. <coughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Raisin Man Arena.